Abandoned to Mother, the incredible, emotional, and life-changing transformation we take when we go on our journey into motherhood. From all things conception to postpartum and parenthood, I will be talking with parents and hearing their stories of navigating these times while sharing helpful information along the way. Together, we'll be covering all stories, no matter how you have chosen to conceive, birth, or parent. Let's get into it. Hello and welcome to episode five of Maiden to Mother. Today we are speaking with Terry Lee, who is a brand new mama of identical twin boys. Welcome to the show, Terry. Hello. How are you going? Good. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Can you tell everyone a bit about yourself? Um, introduce yourself, tell us where you live. Yeah, absolutely. So um, my name's Terry Lee. I turned 30 in May. I live in Mackay. Um, I'm a drug and alcohol social worker. Um, and yeah, these are my first, my first babies. Perfect. So let's get cracking on your journey. Um, you had IVF to conceive the boys. Could you start at the very, very start? Obviously your, you and your partner, Mitch, um, need, knew that you guys needed to go through IVF. Yeah, yeah. Look, we've had an absolute ride of a journey. Mm. Um, started about about three and a half years ago, actually. Um, see, I have endometriosis and PCOS. Um, so I knew that for me to fall pregnant, I had to have some form of fertility treatment. I just didn't think it would be IVF. So I went, we tried naturally for ages and just nothing would happen. I wouldn't even get a positive ovulation test. Oh, wow. So, yeah, it just wasn't, I thought, what is going on? So I went and seen, I go to NG Gynae Health, which is um, in Mackay, and initially I was seeing Sally because um, I've would i had a couple of operations with her and, um, yeah, she said I needed to um, start on medication that would help me ovulate so I wouldn't ovulate on my own and um, ended up falling pregnant um, and I had a miscarriage at eight weeks. Um and it was a missed miscarriage, so my body still thought I was pregnant. Mm. Um, and that was absolutely full on. I was in the scan room alone. Um, Mitchell was out at work. He was sleeping. He was about to start night shift. Mm. Um, it was just absolutely traumatic, and I ended up having to go to hospital and having a, a DNC because I was quite unwell. So that in itself was just extremely traumatic, and um, we ended up, um, trying straight away after that and I just could not fall pregnant after that they tried me on so many different medications injections tablets and nothing would work I just was not falling pregnant yeah and so how long um, were you trying naturally prior to going to see the about doctor a year. yeah about a year. Um, and I just knew because since I've been 18 I've been told by my gynecologist that hey you are going to have trouble falling pregnant yeah, just letting you know, and I thought, well, I'm 18. I'm not wanting to have children anytime soon. It's not a big deal. So I sort of just didn't really do much about it. Um, and yeah, so we tried that, didn't work, and then um, we started the IVF. I think seven months after I had a miscarriage. That's how long it sort of. I just thought it's not happening. You know. Yeah. Um, I hear stories that you're meant to be so fertile after a miscarriage and it wasn't the case with me at mm -hmm. all. And so did you do, um, did you go through IVF in Mackay? I did, yeah, yeah. So I went through NG Gynae Health um, and then Queensland Fertility Group. Yeah. Um, and look, IVF is so full on um, mm. for many reasons. You know, it's physically exhausting with all the medications and I've got every side effect. From the medications, there was tons of injections and tablets and and whatever. So I was genuinely unwell for quite some time from all the injections and, and needles and stuff. And then, um, yeah, it was definitely physically exhausting and then mentally exhausting as well. Yeah, I could imagine. Um, and it's, you know, it's it's expensive. It's financially expensive. It was, about, mm. I think, for our round, it was $11,000. 
Yeah. Wow. And you have to forgive me. I'm not fully across IVF, but I do know that there is a couple of different methods that you can go with. Which method did you choose? So um, we both, Mitchell and I both got tested um, and checked and everything, you know, seemed to be okay. Um, When Mitchell got tested, he had good sperm count. um, So that was really good. But on the day that he was meant to produce his sample, he actually had low sperm count which can happen with stress or, or whatever. Um, it wasn't too bad. But what that meant was, so typically um, when they uh, do my egg retrieval and they're going to fertilise the egg, they'll have the egg in the incubator and then they'll take some of the semen and just squirt it in and allow it to swim in itself. But on this day, Mitchell had low sperm count, so they injected the egg with his sperm um, to you know help the chances of, it fertilizing which then increases the chance of identical twins which we didn't know <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then did they implant that embryo in your neck um, i did a frozen transfer and the reason why so there's fresh and frozen so um the fresh transfer is when um they put the egg back in five days after your egg retrieval um but i was a big candidate for being overstimulated which means that i had 26 eggs when they um, did my egg retrieval. So I was huge, swollen, in pain, very uncomfortable. Um, and what can happen is if you put an egg back in, you do fall pregnant, you could be overstimulated. All the hormones can actually um, be life-threatening. Mm-hmm. So they said, no, we're going to do a frozen transfer, which means they froze all of my fer- fertilised eggs, waited for me to have a period, um, and then waited for my body's natural sort of ovulation peak, which I had it um injections to make that happen for and then put the egg back in so a bit longer process yeah yeah so was it that next cycle or was yes. it yeah, it yeah 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 the next cycle and that felt like forever i remember i was devastated that they i didn't do it, get a fresh transfer i was just so impatient i thought i've waited so long mm. to get this close and they told me no so you're gonna have to wait another month it felt like they told me i was gonna have to wait another year Oh, I could imagine. Those four weeks felt like forever and I was bussing to get a period. I was just so damn excited for this to happen. Because during your IVF, um, how long had it been since you guys had been trying to get pregnant oh, for? three years. Yeah. Three, three and a bit years, yeah. yeah. Um, and it was hard because, you know, a lot of our friends, you know, were at that age where people having children and, all our friends around us were falling pregnant and falling pregnant so easily and you just go through all the, all the emotions and infertility is a very isolating um, thing to go through sometimes, especially when you don't know many people around you going through infertility. Mm. And so what? when did you find out um, that you were pregnant? Did you uh, test at home? I did. They say Tell us about that. I was like, I was like, I'm absolutely <laughs> testing at home. <laughs> like, absolutely. No me. It's too exciting. Um, yeah. So um, for me to release an egg, I have to have a thing called a trigger shot, which is an injection that um, it's actually HCG that I inject um, and it releases my egg. So um, I had to wait a couple of days for that to be out of my system. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember... Um, I did a pregnancy test and it came back extremely positive. I still wasn't convinced. I thought, no, I'm not getting my hopes up um, because I've had a couple of chemical pregnancies um, prior to that, whereas there's been a positive test. Because of the HCG in your system? Yeah, and I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. So I just kept testing. And they, you, for them to confirm it, you do a blood test. So I've tested with pregnancy tests all up until then still wasn't convinced and then on the day for my blood test I got I got up at 6 a.m drove to that <laughs> to Sullivan I'm like right I'm ready here is my here is my form um and they normally take about two hours to give you results back and I was working from home at this time and they rang me um and they said um your HCG was 398 which is insanely per- pregnant like very pregnant yeah um, and the lady um at queen's fertility group she joked and she said i bet you it's twins because your hcg levels are so high 
And I thought, oh, God, no, no, that won't happen. Um, and, yeah, I found out at four weeks that I was um, pregnant. Oh, wow, that's so exciting. Was yeah. Mick here or was he at work? No, he was at work and I rang him and I was just so excited. I even still then was still nervous to get excited. Um, and then I waited two days later, got another blood test to see if it had doubled and it more than doubled. Um, so that was comforting. But mm. each stage of this pregnancy for me gave new anxieties of, okay, well, I've made it to this level. Now I need to see if it's implanted right. Now I need to see if it's so that level of excitement just grew more as I was able to let my guard down a bit. Yeah, yeah. And tell us about your first scan or oh. when you found out it was twins. Oh, that was so cool. <laughs> um, so I, yeah, straight away I was getting, you know, lots of symptoms. Um, one of my symptoms was I was struggling to breathe properly and I thought, what is going on? So mm. Do you I do the wrong thing? Feeling. You, you look on Google, right? Yeah. Okay, <laughs> ectopic. I'm like, excellent. <laughs> so I rang my doctor and I said, look, I'm not, I'm, I can't breathe properly. I'm not sure what's going on. I've just had this thing. And then I read that IVF has a higher chance of ectopic um, with the implantation, how they do it. So I was like, oh, of course. Um, and they sent me for an immediate scan that afternoon. And I thought, oh, cool. Okay. You're not going to see much. I was like five and a half weeks pregnant at this time. And I was alone, Mitch was in Perth for work. And, um, yeah, I went in there and um, she said, oh, look, no, it's definitely implanted in the right place. I said, oh, cool. And then she's moved the probe around. And I said to her, is that, is that another yolk sac? She said, oh, my God, you are having twins. Oh. And I was like, are you serious? That is, she's like, yep, yeah, you've got two yolk sacs. You're having identical twins. I was just so damn excited. I thought, oh, my God, this is cool. We were going to put two eggs back in. Yeah. So firstly, you thank God. Yep. Firstly, thank God we did not because I'd be having yeah. triplets. <laughs> Three. That would be scary. <laughs> um, and, yeah, I, I couldn't believe it. I still have the photo because they gave me a photo of it, of the two little yolk sacks. And did you it call was, Mitch straight oh, away? I called him. I said, mate, are you sitting down? Because he was just he wanted twins we were just excited for how long it took for us to get pregnant you know we wanted yeah we wanted this and um i rang him and he just started crying he was like oh. this is the best thing ever he was so excited he rang all the family it was just everyone was just over the moon it was so cool that's amazing but i had um no idea what i was in for for my pregnancy yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, like... let's, let's move on to your pregnancy you had a pretty high risk pregnancy oh absolutely um so can you take us basically from yeah from the start all the way through? yeah so um everything was quite good um like seemed to be going relatively well you know like the general morning you know and afternoon sickness for the 12 weeks and i started showing oh god about 10 11 weeks mm. um and, you know i had a little belly i thought oh this is so cool i was so excited to get a belly you know, i just thought it was the best thing ever and then i've gone in for my uh, anatomy scan at 20 weeks um and we were in there for ages because it takes two and a half to three hours for twins to do yeah. the anatomy scan so we were you know parked up there for a while and then um the lady said, oh, I just want to check your cervix. I said, yeah, cool, no worries. And prior to this, you know, all scans have been perfect. Um, I got scanned every week to every two weeks up until now, um, and there's never been any concern. Um, and she said, I need to take you over um, to, I was seeing uh, Dr. Nagesh, um, and she said, I need to take you over to him now. You have a shortened cervix and you're very close to labour. Um, look, I was 20 weeks pregnant. There's no way my babies would have survived if they had have come. Um, I was sitting with only 14 millimetres of cervix left. Um, and I was just in complete shock. Um, that afternoon, I went into surgery and they put a um, cervical stitch in. But the concern prior to that was um, there is huge risk in putting in a stitch with twins. Mm -hmm. So some doctors won't do it at all. Um, and my doctor said the risks of if we do go in is that he can nick the membrane and the boys will be delivered and they will pass away. 
um, or we don't do it and you go into labour and they won't survive anyway. So we made the decision to do the stitch. Mm, and um, how, I mean, that's a, quite a hard decision to make. Oh, how did you I feel at that time? Just sick to my stomach. I, and I, my, I have a big fear of being put to sleep anyway. So that was, you know, I was nervous about that. But I remember as, because Mitchell wasn't allowed in past this point, when I was getting ready for surgery and I remember I was laying on the bed and I was just crying and all the nurses were saying, you're okay, what's wrong? And I said to them, I said, I'm worried that I'm going to wake up from this surgery and you're going to tell me I don't have babies anymore. And just being alone, laying there wondering if you're going to wake up a mum, like it was just so traumatic and so terrifying. And I just was so upset and I thought, God, this cannot be happening to me. Mm. After all we've been through, you know, surely this can't be happening. And, um, yeah, I woke up and they just told me everything went well. The stitch um, went in perfectly. The boys are okay. Um, and that was really good. I, I was like, oh, thank God. Mm. Um, and then from there, um, my cervix sort of started gaining length and then it went down. So I was told to be on. Um, pelvic rest, um, I wasn't really allowed to do a great deal. Um, so I couldn't exercise, I'm not allowed, I wasn't allowed to exercise, I wasn't allowed to really do much around the house. So poor Mitchell had to step up and be housewife <laughs> from 20 weeks, <laughs> 20 weeks onward. Um, and then we ran into another problem. Um, uh, Nagesh said that he was worried about um, twin to twin syndrome, which means that this happens with identical twins. So my boys shared the one placenta. Yeah. Um, and they weren't getting equal amounts from the placenta. Like there was starting to begin a, a size difference between the two. So he said, Look, I don't want this to be a problem. I'm going to send you to Townsville for a checkup. So this doctor is a fetal medicine doctor, Dr. Watson, his name was. Mm-hmm. And he was excellent. And I went there on my own, um, thinking again, I didn't need Mitchell there. I figured that it was just a checkup and I was going home and everything was fine. Um, and I got there and I was 24 weeks pregnant at the time. And he said to me, your cervix is shortening again and I'm deeply concerned you're going to um, have these boys very soon. Um, and he sat me down and told me that if I had them, they would be significantly disabled uh, at this point and or may not live. So again, I was there alone, crying, wondering what is going to happen to my children, what life are we going to live, um, how the hell can I keep these boys in? Um, and that was just, oh, it was just crying and crying. I thought, what the hell is going on? Mm-hmm. Um, ruled out twin to twin syndrome at that point. So I went home and just monitored a lot. Um, and then I was diagnosed with gestational diabetes which um was fun oh uh, yeah it's all uh, going on isn't it you poor thing <laughs> it was just one thing after the other like, okay. oh. and i suspected gestational because i had some of the symptoms um yeah i just had some and there's diabetes in my family so i assumed it would happen um yeah. so that one i was kind of prepared for um and then that, so that happened, so I had to sort of manage that with food and was hoping I wasn't going to become insulin dependent. And then I had to go back to Townsville. Um, and my cervix was holding out really well. Like it was it was still shortened, but yeah. I had cervix there. Yeah, and but this is how long after you were in Townsville so the first time. So how many? So you were 24 weeks, weeks then? So, yep. so you're now yep. 28 weeks. Yep, and then I went back at about, I think it was, 32 weeks yeah. when I went back to Townsville. Which and is, how are you feeling by that stage? Because obviously the boys huge. are a bit more um, viable, <laughs> I guess, at 32 yeah. weeks. Um, I was, God, I was a beast, really. Yeah. <laughs> I was, I just fit it in the plane, I swear to God. Um, <laughs> you I look absolutely even... <laughs> beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. Stop I it. Didn't fit it. I didn't fit in the in the toilet in the um, plane, oh. so I knew I had to go before. <laughs> I was mortified. Um, but I was just so uncomfortable and, you know, I got there and he said, I didn't actually didn't expect to see you here. I thought you would have gone into labour before then. 
Yeah, so, so they so nothing so they didn't do anything that second time. You your body just no. sort of held out yep. for there's that. really not much they can do besides yeah. I was on daily progesterone that mm -hmm. also helps. So I would have to use progesterone every day um and just try and rest and stay off my feet as much as possible. And a lot of the time the boys are both head down, so that pelvic pressure was insane. I could imagine. It was so full on and it felt like they were going to come out and I would always have to recline. So to try and take that pressure off my cervix. Mm. So a lot of my pregnancy from 20 weeks onwards was me laying on the lounge or me sitting upright. And I still worked. I worked up until I was 32 weeks pregnant. I was very determined. Yeah. Um, I were you working from home still? Uh, in and out of the office um, because I run like a, a rehab, a day rehab. I had to be there because I teach. So um, I would go in for the teaching, then I would come home and recline and rest and do all, all my, you know, case notes and stuff at home. Um, but, yeah, that was, I was happy that I was able to work to 32 weeks. But really no one with all the problems that I had had thought I would get to 34 weeks. Yeah. Um, and then I ended up with preeclampsia. Oh, wow. <laughs> and that's why I had the boys. Um, and surprisingly, my cervix was still intact when I had my boys. So my cervix actually wasn't the problem. So it was just trooping on that cervix. Yeah, it, it did really well. And look, the amount of anxiety I had about this cervix was full on. I was thought, oh my God, what am I going to do if I go into labor this early? It's going, it's not good for, you know, such little preemie babies. Mm. Um, and that's something that I had to mentally wrap my head around that this is a possibility here. And that I have to, you know, I'm a mum now. Yeah. I have, to, I have to put my feelings aside and do what's best for my my children. And that was hard to think of, you know, having what what boys am I going to have, mm. you know? Um. So you're but, in Townsville now. Yeah. At 34 weeks when they no, called so you. No, so I got I um got discharged from Townsville at 32 weeks. Yeah. Um, and they said that for me to be monitored by Nagesh is Makai. Um. So Mackay has babies after 32 weeks. So anything before 32 weeks, you have to be have them in Townsville. So I passed that milestone, which was really cool because I wanted to have my boys in Mackay. Yeah. Um, I wasn't too keen on having them in Townsville only because, you know, we don't live there and we have got no family support there. So yeah, if anyone the, listening, yeah. Townsville is four hours drive away from Mackay, four and a half. Yeah. Yeah. And I was, you know, it was getting to the point where I, I wasn't able to fly, you know, within my pregnancy as well. We drove once and it was so hard. I was in so in much pain. I was so uncomfortable trying to be in the car for four and a half hours heavily pregnant was not a good time. Mm. Um, so I was glad that we, you know, were able to like, cool, okay, we're happy to, we can have the boys in Mackay, in our hometown. That's awesome. That's a, you know, a milestone ticked off. And special care, and the the DQ said that that's what their sort of thing is. Anything um, after thirty two weeks, so that was really good. But um, I was getting these headaches for weeks, and they were really painful. Um, my whole pregnancy blood pressure was perfect, um, no protein in urine. They kept checking, um, and I just said, okay, no worries. I'm just going to keep an eye on it because this headache is just it's not going anywhere. And by this time, I was swollen. I had so much fluid, water retention. My face just kept swelling. My legs kept swelling. And on this particular day, 29th of May, I woke up and my head was so bad. And I was just swollen. I looked like an absolute balloon. And I'm not a fan of going to the hospital, so I must have been unwell for me to go this day. Yeah. Um, and I was 34 weeks and one day pregnant. And I said to Mitch, I said, mate, I need to go to the hospital. I'm really not well. And, um, yeah, we went there and they said, yeah, high blood pressure, protein and urine, you got preeclampsia. Wow. And that's why they decided to take them out that day. In Mackay? Yeah, in Mackay at Base Hospital. Oh, it was awesome. I thought they um, were birthed in Townsville. So, no, yeah. Every, so everything, everything that we wanted in the end, happened. Oh, that's amazing. Mm. So tell us about it then. So you went oh, up to the hospital. Beautiful. Did you have 
all of you obviously didn't have any of your stuff with you to birth no we didn't i went there thinking that they were going to give me some medication and go home i, yeah. I just assumed that was happening because i've you know never been down this road before so they said cool we'll take you through to labor and delivery and we'll just get you checked out i said no worries and i'm in there and um they were telling me i had preeclampsia and they were doing all this stuff and hooking me up to all these things and i said okay and they said we'll phone your obstetrician again and see what he wants to do um, I said, cool, no worries. And then um, the lady said to me, um, Nagesh would like to know, do you want a vaginal or a cesarean birth? And I just was like, what? Am I meeting my boys today? And um, they said, yeah, yeah, we can have the boys today. But six o'clock tonight. And I just started crying. Mitchell started crying. We were just so excited. And with, the, with how excited we were, the vibe of the room was just, everyone was pumped for us. Mm -hmm. It was so cool. It was like we had family there. Like everyone was just so excited for us. Um, and I just couldn't believe it. And I remember rubbing my belly and thinking, these are my last moments with my babies in my belly. Mm. And I was just soaking it all in. I was just really trying to be in the moment because I'm never going to have this moment again with these with these boys. And um, Mitchell rang all the family and they all came in because Mitchell's family is from Ailey Beach which is about an hour and a half drive. So they all flew in and Mitchell raced home, grabbed all the stuff. And um, yeah, we went in. It took them four goes to get the epidural in. So I had a cesarean. Yeah. I elected for a cesarean. And the reason for that is um, a study showed that with um, identical twins with one placenta, if you do a vaginal birth, it increases the risk of stillbirth um, mm -hmm. significantly. And I just wasn't taking that risk. Absolutely. And after everything, yeah, no, you'd be that's through. exactly where I'm at. Yeah, my thought process was it's not about me and what I want, it's about what's safest to bring the boys into the world. And yeah, and I was happy with the cesarean, I had the most beautiful birth, it was so cool. Tell um, us there was all people, about it. People who asked, so we had a couple of nurses who asked to be in the room. They said, Look, this is really cool, we're super excited. Can we be in the room? I said, You're more than welcome. We had about 14 or 15 people in the room at this, at this point. <laughs> everyone just wanted a piece of reaction. So <laughs> and um, I don't think I've ever been more calm and relaxed in my entire life. I was not afraid. I was not scared. I was not worried. I was so relaxed and at peace with what was going on. And it was beautiful. And I remember they asked me to lay over and do the epidural. So it took a four goes to get it in. And because I was so big, I couldn't lean over properly oh. <laughs> to do it. So that was. That was a bit funny. And then I remember watching them pick my legs up and move them onto the other side of the bed, but I was numb and I couldn't feel it. It was the most strangest thing I've ever seen. I thought, what is going on? Mm. I can see you picking my legs up and moving them, <laughs> but I can't feel them. What's going on? It was strange. The epidural and, was definitely working then. Yeah, but the <laughs> feeling, it was like painful tingling when it started. Like it was like your legs and body is so numb, it's painful. But it goes away. That's the feeling of when the epidural came in for me. Mm. And I thought, well, okay, cool. I'm completely numb. And I laid on the bed and then Mitchell came in. Um, and, yeah, they said, are you ready to meet your boys? And um, I remember uh, Dr. Nagesh saying, because uh, he knew the names, so we told yep. him Lincoln, Lincoln and Charlie. So Lincoln was baby A. So he came out um, at 601. Dr. Nagesh, sorry, your obstetrician was the one who did yeah. the babies. Yeah, he was. Yes. And look, he was the one that created the boys and we wanted him to deliver them. Oh, and it was beautiful. Amazing. Yeah, it all just worked out so amazingly. And um, I remember he said, all right, time to meet baby Lincoln. And he put him up over the curtain and we just started crying. It was like, oh, this is so cool. Look at him. And he had so much hair. Everyone was like, oh, my God, these boys have so much hair. And that then, photo of Mitch, yeah. I will share that on um, the oh, Instagram, the photo of your partner. Oh, it is probably the, I, I just teared up looking at it. It was so nice. His face when Lincoln oh, is being held so up. Cool. Who took that photo? The, so the nurses asked, can we take photos for you? I said, absolutely. So they took all these live photos and I even have the whole of them coming me open. I have everything. It was awesome. So I can I keep looking back on the photos. Yeah. I just love them. I love them so much. Best thing I ever did was get photos taken. 
amazing. And Mitchell is got the most proudest dad in the entire world. He has been waiting for that moment for such a long time, and the look on his face in that photo was just oh, beautiful. It's so precious. Yeah. I'll share it on the Instagram so everyone can see. Yeah, it was, it was just so cool. And then um, and then next came baby Charlie five minutes later, um, and it was awesome. Um, and they ended up having to go down a special care. So Charlie was the bigger of the twin, um, yep. and he just needed a bit of breathing support. So they both went down a special care, and the Mitchell went down with them. And... Um, they stitched me up and all that kind of stuff and then I went into recovery and then I couldn't stop vomiting. Hours I was in there just vomiting and vomiting. I was so unwell. Um we having a reaction to Yeah, I think so. Um I would, have a, I would have a sip of water and God, I would just power vomit. Um so I just couldn't have anything and I was starving. <laughs> I was so oh. hungry and so damn thirsty and no matter what I did, I just even a little sip of water would make me vomit. So finally that's finally settled down and I got all of the feeling back. So they wheeled me back to the they wheeled me downstairs to see the boys, which was cool. And because I was starting to get in a little bit of pain at this point. And then we the boys are in incubators. And I remember the first time I held my babies, I put my finger I couldn't really reach in but I put my hand in the hole when I touched their little fingers and I have a photo of it um of me touching I think it was a little Lincoln um for the first time and um that was just so cool it was really hard not being able to hold them mm. um and having to go back to my room without my children that part was really really hard um but god I was so unwell yeah um and then post-pregnancy i have been in and out of hospital with hormonal migraines and i developed eclampsia which is when your preeclampsia gets worse post-pregnancy so wow. yeah and i'm still not 100 percent five weeks later but i'm getting there finally so how long we'll actually get back to some of your um postpartum issues but how long um, was it before you were able to actually hold the boys? Two days. So um, I was able to hold them both at the same time, two mm. days after I had them, and it was so cool. They were so little. Oh, they're tiny, oh. aren't they? And they had all these cords attached to them, and it was just like I just cried and cried and cried, and I thought, oh, my God, I cannot believe I have two little boys. Yeah. And they are. Amazing. And they're so cute. <laughs> they are. They <laughs> look very cute. So then what happened then? How long were they in hospital for? Just under three weeks. So, um, look, they hit every milestone. They did so well. So they got out of the incubators after three days and then was transitioned to a tray, so a twin tray. So normally when a woman has a baby, um, they put them in those, you know, those plastic trays mm. in the hospital. So the boys had a twin one. Mm -hmm. um, so they slept together. Um, they would snuggle together, you know, in the little trays. It was really cute. Mm. And they were just in there um, just for feeding and growing. Um, so they had nasal tubes. So they would have different milestones they would have to go to. So they were initially just tube feeding and then they went from tube feeding to uh, some suck feeding, whether it's bottle or breast, um, and I was breastfeeding them at that point. Yeah. And were you pumping to yes. give them the, your milk through the yep. tubes? Yeah. Yeah. So they got all my colostrum. They got tons of breast milk. Um, and for me, you know, I because they were preemie, uh, my goal was to give them everything I could Yeah. Um, to help them. Um, and that's what I did. You know, I would, in my hospital bed, I would pump all the time. And then when I came home, I would pump all the time. We'd deliver the um, milk to the special care nurses and we would feed them when we mm -hmm. were there, which is really cool. And did your milk come in just from pumping alone? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And being around the boys and pumping. Yeah. So, um, but look, my mum and her mum couldn't breastfeed. They never had any milk. So I um, was really determined to do it. 
Mm. And yeah, I, I was able to, which I, I was shocked to be honest um, yeah. that I did, but yeah, it seemed, to, it seemed to work. And how many days was it before you were able to put the boys to your breast? Um, I think it was oh, nearly a week. Yeah. And um, how was that? So cool. It was the best experience ever. I mm -hmm. loved it. I remember the first time I breastfed them both. It was amazing. Just having them look up at you, you know, while you're breastfeeding them and that bond and connection was just so nice. I loved every bit of it. Yeah, it's really special. Oh, absolutely. I'm so glad I got to experience it. Yeah. How did you breastfeed them both? Do you have uh, like a special breastfeeding pillow? Yes. Yeah. Um, so while I was pregnant, I did tons of research on twin essentials and um, the twin Z pillow is a twin breastfeeding pillow or bottle feeding pillow. And you can also use it as like a lounger kind of thing as well to sit them on. The best thing that I could have bought. Um, so it's got like a backrest and then it wraps around you and you can have them both lying on you. You hold them like footballs. Yeah. And um, you feed them like that and it worked really well for me. Oh, that's amazing. And, yeah, I mean, we were talking beforehand um, about your breastfeeding journey now at five weeks on. Could you share that a little, a little yeah. bit about that? Yeah. So, um, you know, being home with twins is, you know, it can be a lot. Um, they're feeding every two and a half to three hours. Um, and Mitchell and I decided to do shifts. So um, he would do one part of the time and I would do the other part of the time. Um, and to feed them both, I have to have someone there helping. Um, it's just hard for me to pick both up, Absolutely. take one off at one, move them around. It's, yeah. Especially while you're recovering from a C-section as oh, well. for sure, for sure. So, um I have been expressing. Um, so they're still getting the breast milk. Um, we're just, we've introduced bottles. And the reason why we introduce bottles is because um, so Mitchell can feed as well. He really enjoyed feeding the boys in special care. He loved the bonding experience as well. Mm. Um, so that was one of the reasons. Um, and also for other people too as well, like the grandparents support that we've got. Um, and at some point I was going to transition them from, um, you know, breast milk to formula and I wanted them to be able to take a bottle. Yeah. And also, you know, it is a lot very demanding uh, for one person, you know, to feed two babies. And look, there's so many women that can do it and I take my hats off to them. I, For me, it was becoming quite stressful um, in the end at how much sleep I wasn't able to get yeah and I knew that for me to keep getting milk I was needing rest yeah so so I made that decision and Mitchell was extremely supportive of me um just expressing so they get um a mixture between breast milk and formula absolutely doing an amazing job oh, look, they, they oh, are eating two babies <laughs> so much good on you <laughs> um so let's circle back then to the postpartum issues that you've been experiencing. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, it was just feeling so unwell. My body would swell, my head would swell. I would get headaches. Um, they thought I had a, a blood clot in my lungs or my brain. So I was going in and out of CT scans and, um, you know, all sorts of stuff. It was very full on. And I was frustrated in the end because I, you know, trying to recover from a C-section is hard. Mm. A C-section is very physically demanding. You know, it was a lot I couldn't do. And in, in the end, it was quite painful for the first five days. And then I was um, vomiting. You know, I would have hormonal headaches that were so bad that I'd go to hospital and the needles that they would give me wouldn't work. My headache was that bad. Is this, um, my is this because of the eclampsia? Eclampsia, yep. Yeah. yeah, so I was just genuinely so unwell and no matter what I did, I just couldn't seem to feel better. Um, so I'm still being monitored for eclampsia. Um, I go back to my doctor this week again 
to get some more tests. My liver enzymes were increasing, my white cells were increasing, and blood pressure would go up and down, and I still had protein in my urine, and it was, yeah, full on. So I'm still not 100% healed, but really with eclampsia, it's about monitoring. There's really nothing that they can give you to stop it. Right, that was going to be my next question. Yeah, so and that's to make sure. why it was so frustrating because you got a headache, you can take Panadol, you know, that can get rid of it. You, even if I had a blood clot, they would, could give me an injection and they could help get rid of the blood clot. There is mm -hmm. nothing specifically for eclampsia. It's based on hormones and it can, you know, stay around for six weeks. Oh, wow. Postpartum. I know. So for me, I thought, oh, my God, <laughs> what else can I do? Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I, started... list. Oh, I know. You're an absolute weapon. Oh, my God. <laughs> the resilience I have learned is, yeah, next level. <laughs> I know it's it's crazy how much we go through as mothers. Oh, absolutely! Pregnancy and birth, absolutely. doing an amazing job. So five weeks on, you're starting to feel a little bit better. Do you think? Yeah, starting to get on the mend. Um, yeah, I am. Um, I'm still a bit swollen, so my head still swells every now and then. And then I look at the mirror and I'll think, oh, is my face swelling again? Yep. <laughs> um, and I just check my blood pressure and I get like the, um, if I push in my skin, it turns a different colour. So that circulation and all that kind of stuff really isn't 100% where it needs to be. But I've healed quite well from my C-section. I feel really good from that. I'm yep. very active. feels like I haven't had any surgery at all. That's um, great. It's been really good. Yeah, so that's a positive. <laughs> And how are the boys um, like out and about? Do they, do they like the pram and the car? Oh, they do. They are such good little boys. Um, they're due to have their needle, I think, next week or the week after. So we've only taken them out once because I was busting to take them out. Yeah. Um, and they were angels. They slept the whole time in the pram. They're really good in the car seats. And they look like little ants in their car seats because they're so tiny. <laughs> they are so tiny. <laughs> so little. Um, but, yeah, they're really good little boys. They love being next to each other a lot. So I got um, a double pram with just the bassinets. We chose car seats over capsules. Yeah. Um, and we're, we're very happy with that decision. Um, and the reason for that is because if I'm going out on my own, I would rather use a pram than trying to carry two capsules and the taking yeah. them out and, and it just worked well for us. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we chose – and the car seats last longer as well. Yeah, and Our absolutely. car seats go until they're like four years old or something. Yeah, I was tossing up that decision as well, but they are out of the capsules quite early. Yeah. So it seems financially it can be quite expensive to get a capsule that they're not in for very long. And oh, I can imagine sure. it would be an absolute mission carrying tour around. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was like, no, I'll do the pram. Yeah. Well, it's amazing that they like the pram and, yeah. the, and the car. Yeah, um, no, they're definitely really good at that. They love it. So, well, while we're on this subject, um, can you give us some product recommendations? I know you did a TikTok with some, yeah. some of your favourite, but could you pick like one or two absolute essentials oh absolutely so the bottle sterilizer has been a lifesaver and if like if you're using bottles like we use this thing three or four times a day yeah and it just saves so much what brand that, is it um oh dr brown i think it is yeah um that's been amazing a nappy caddy has been really good for us the amount of nappies and mm. stuff that we go through next level all we do is pick it up cool okay this is where we'll change the nappy here um and it has everything you need in it there ready to go yeah. rather than trying to run around and you know get bits and pieces um and the swings and i know every baby's different and we're so lucky that our boys love their swings and their electric ones and i just press a button turn them on and it rocks them to sleep Oh, that's so good that they're yeah. chilling in it. Oh, really, really good. And the twinsy pillow, like if whether you're breastfeeding them or not, if you're wanting to feed them both at the same time, you can lay them in it and you can just hold the bottles. Yeah. So they're right next to each other. It's easy. 
because um, if you've got them both crying at the same time, it's a lot easier for you to lay down somewhere and hold like while they're sitting in there and feed them together rather mm. than waiting for one to cry and feed the other. So they would definitely be um, my top things to get for sure. Amazing. That made um, life so much easier for us. Oh, anything, I guess, with two babies. Yeah. <laughs> and we might break this next question up into two yeah. parts. So if you could pass on any piece of advice to a mama about to embark on this journey, what would it be? And let's go IVF first. Yep. Um, IVF is definitely look after yourself and do self-care. Mm -hmm. I know for me, I would just wish time away. I would w wish that I would be pregnant. I would. I was so consumed in getting pregnant that I forgot to live life. Yeah. And it became all that I would do. And I look back and I wish that I that I didn't do that. I wish that I was still living my life and still looking forward to other things. Mm -hmm. Um. I remember I would look at things, I can't wait for this day, I can't wait for that day. And I missed out on, you know, some some quality time there. Yeah. That's interesting. I had um, Rachel, another mama, on the episode before you who had IVF, and that's almost identical advice what she gave. It's so, it consumes you. It really does. Like, they even give you a calendar schedule of what you got to do and when. Mm. And it's just so consuming and all I wanted was to be a mum and nothing around that really mattered. And I look back and I think, you know, these were your last moments before you become a mum. There were times where you should have really enjoyed a bit more. Um, so that's definitely a bit of advice is don't let it take over your life or consume you. Mm. Amazing advice. Um, and then the second part of that question would be, what advice could you give twin mums? Oh, yes. <laughs> um, definitely have as much ready and done before they come as you can. Even little things like if you have painting to do, mow your lawn, service your car, have everything set up and ready to go because once they're here, it is go time. <laughs> and you do not get, there's like barely any time to do any of that. I was reflecting the other day because I'm such an organiser, so I had all that shit squared away. Mm -hmm. I had everything sorted, everything sorted. Um, and I even, because I'm on maternity leave for a year, I even saved for when I'm not getting paid on maternity leave. Yeah. So that we don't have, that financial pressure is removed for us. So if you have the ability to take pressure off, do it. Because once you're in the thick of it, there's no turn back. There's no way that you can try and juggle all of these things. If I had to try and juggle all this stuff and then add financial stress or add, um, I've got to take this, this, and this here, or this still isn't done and these need to still build the cot. No, that would have been really, really hard for us, especially in the first few weeks because it's mm -hmm. in survival mode. Absolutely. The start's so, definitely survival mode. Yeah. Have everything sorted as much as you can, even help food whatever you can and can you give us a little bit of rundown what life's been like the last five weeks um oh god look very exciting but very full-on very yeah. tired probably the tiredest we've ever been in our lives <laughs> um and it's yeah it's a couple of people have said to me you know get ready for when you have twins here in the first couple of weeks so just about survival mode and it's a bit of a blur because everyone is just so tired. Yeah. <laughs> like, yep, I get that. <laughs> um, but, you know, they've changed so much and, you know, we're trying to soak in all the little bits and pieces because they've just, they keep growing and changing so much. So quickly. And trying to enjoy, yeah, every moment. Um, even when we're just so damn tired and they're cracking and all they just want to be cuddled, we just think, you know what, this is what we have wanted for such a long time. It is totally worth it. This is awesome. That's amazing. Even Absolutely. at 3am. <laughs> yeah. I know. Sometimes you've got to remind yourself at 3am. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I remember I watch 
my first ever TikTok video I did in relation to IVF. I was so tired. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> and I thought, I need a reason. So I looked at my TikTok video and I started crying. I'm like, right, I'm back, I'm back in the game. <laughs> <laughs> I'll actually link your TikTok to the show notes. You have a fair oh, few followers you. on TikTok. Yeah, yeah. Look, I just, I documented all of my IVF journey, everything. Because I thought, you know what? Maybe this might help someone. Yeah. Or yeah. maybe this might inspire someone. I, I just didn't know at the time. Um, and I, yeah, I made that video and God, it just went, went absolutely off. Yeah. Like 2.6 million million views. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh my God. Um, and you know, it made me think, um, cause I am a social worker and I'm going to be, you know, opening up my own business, um, in the next few months, helping women going through IVF, infertility, stillbirth, miscarriage, um, and providing them with counselling and support, something that I needed during that time, which I didn't have. That's extremely exciting. Yeah, yeah. I just thought, you know what, there's a reason why I've gone through all of this and I need to make the most of it. How can I help other people? Because there were times where I was so felt so alone. I felt isolated. I even went to a psychologist once and I thought, look, I'm having a hard time, you know, processing all this and just wasn't what I needed. I yeah. didn't get what I needed from it. So I want to want to be that person. Well, well, we'll be keeping an eye out for that and um, yeah. absolutely share it on our oh, social for sure. media for any of the mummers who might need it. Yeah. Is there anything that you'd like to add before we say goodbye? Um, yeah, look, I if you, for anyone that is, you know, going through infertility or going through a hard time during pregnancy, when you're in it, you just think it's not going to get better or you just always think the worst. But I'm absolute proof that things do get better, even when you think there's just no end date. Um, just keep powering through. That's all I can say. Keep powering through. And women are unreal. I just have so much admirality for women. We are. Um, we are just amazing. What we can create and what we can do is exceptional i've never been more in awe of women in my life absolutely i can certainly relate to that i am in absolute awe of single mothers oh oh mate i have thought about that so many times <laughs> i love and you I thought, all yes and i just think to myself you know what like my mitchell he is beautiful hey like he has taken such a good care of me and the boys and i cried to him the other day and I said to him, I cannot imagine doing this alone. Mm. Um, and I just take my hat off to women who can. And look, we, if it happens, we, you know, we adapt, right? Yeah. We adapt to our situation. But women who just don't have the support, my heart, my heart just breaks because I don't know how I would cope. I really do not know how mm. I would. I would Absolutely. Struggle. Definitely takes a village, doesn't it? Oh, well and truly, especially with these two little boys. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll wrap that up there. Terry Lee, congratulations. Thank I'm you so, so happy for you that you got the boys after such a crazy Yay. journey. I can't wait to share all of the photos of them with everyone on social media. Thank you so much. What an amazing story. I'm so happy for you, Terry Lee, that you've got your beautiful boys in your arms after such a long journey and desperately wanting them. You can follow along with Terry Lee's journey on TikTok. Her name is at identical twin boy mum. She often posts uh, little updates and what's happening with her and the boys on there. And I will put that information on the show notes. We will see you next time on Made Into Mother. Remember, Mama, you're everything that your baby needs and you're doing an amazing job. Mm -hmm.